Hello, good morning. My name is Mandy Ogwajo Ogbe. This is Otakada Podcast. I uh, bring you 11 months in review, looking back and looking forward. 52 series on the Holy Spirit and introduction of the next series. And um, we're going to be looking at a few things today on what we're planning to uh, be doing in the next uh, couple of uh, months. And um, also uh, some introduction to some books here and some songs. But before we do that, I would like us to pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to appreciate you uh, for this moment. Thank you for the new month, the month of August, the eighth month of the year 2020. Oh Lord God, you're awesome. How wonderful you are. How far you've brought us from the beginning of the year. And even from the time we came out of our mother's wombs, we give you all the praise and honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for this series that we just completed last week and also uh, introducing the next session and a few other items. We ask Spirit of the Living God that you take charge of this session. We ask that you would uh, bring honor and glory to your name in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. And so um, we're looking at uh, 11 months in review of the 52 series we did on the School of the Holy Spirit and also the motivations. Uh, Looking back and looking forward, 52 series on the Holy Spirit, an introduction of the next uh, series. But before I do that, I'd like to uh, bring in a song uh, sang by our friend uh, N.K. Madufuro, which talks um, a lot about uh, healing and looking up to the cross. And um, enjoy it. Before we go into the main uh, discussion, I would want to uh, play that pretty quickly so that uh, we can uh, derive some uh, blessings from it. Okay, and here we go. Oh, 
Thank you so much, N.K. Madufuro. Uh, we're really excited about this song that just uh, got released uh, during the course of last week. Her name is N.K. Madufuro, and uh, Madufuro spells, spells as M-A-D-U-F-O-R-O, and the title is No More Broken. You go on to YouTube, and you just key that in, and uh, you'll be able to uh, pick that up. I repeat, N.K. Madufuro, No More Broken. With Jesus, you are no more broken. There are quite a lot of people in church that are broken. Uh, they've not let go of inner wounds, hearts, they need to look up to, to Jesus. And uh, here's the, the, the lyric that I, I got out to send to me yesterday. Uh, it says, no more broken. I'm letting go of the pain, letting go of the shame, holding on to your name. Now I know there is no more curse. I'm looking up to the cross, the cross of Jesus. I'm letting go of my past because I'm no more broken. I'm no more broken. I'm free. Free to leave, no more broken by disgrace, moving forward by grace. I'm whole, made for more, beauty for arches, a garment of praise, and the freedom to say I'm no more broken. I'm letting go of the guilt. I'm letting go of the heart. I'm moving on to greater heights. No more sorrow, no more tears. I'm bold. I'm facing my fears. I'm holding on to your word. I'm no more broken. I'm no more broken. And uh, towards the end, it says, no more broken. Uh, it says, lifted, I am lifted. I'm lifted by the word above sin and sorrow into the presence of the Lord. No more, I am no more broken. I'm no more broken. I'm no more broken. I'm no more broken. I'm no more broken. No more broken. No more. I'm no more broken. I'm no more broken. I'm no more broken. No more broken. Songwriter. In Kiruka Madufuro, may the Lord bless and keep you. And may this song ride upon the wings of the Spirit, to the four winds of the earth, that the world will realize that there's a cross of Christ that brings wholeness, wholeness to our spirit, our soul, and our bodies. And so I return back to a review of the 11 months of 52 series on the School of the Holy Spirit. Looking back and looking forward. And um, it, was, it was sent out on Wednesday, July 29, 2020. And here are uh, the highlights for us today. Okay. All right. Okay. What a wonderful day we we having some rain out there. <laughs> the Lord's name be glorified. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, dear friends, I welcome you to the review of the School of the Holy Spirit and looking to introducing the uh, introducing the new series beginning October 2020. The, the year is running out really fast. Over the course of 11 months beginning September 2019, we began the 52 series on weekly motivational and inspirational stories to help us engage the marketplace with the introduction of the School of the Holy Spirit beginning in the 12th series. Out of the 52 series, we now have nine books 
and the, uh, which are already out. They were published yesterday, just yesterday, uh, Saturday. It's on Amazon and uh, all the various platforms all across the world. So which will, uh, which the first book contains 11 series uh, and the other eight books contain five series each with the last one having uh, six uh, series combined. There's enough meat for those who desire to practically engage the Holy Spirit through the content we have shared thus far and how to cancel others as an offshoot of the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Shortly, we will share about the books in two parts. The next series starts in October 2020 and we will be starting a new series on what did I say? How do you perceive it? And what would you do about it? This was the word I received from the Spirit when I inquired about the next series. What did God say? Yes, that's the question. What did he say? Because there's so much misinterpretation of what God says. And it is important when God speaks, we should take it to heart and uh, apply where necessary. It's not about what Prophet A or Apostle B said, but what did God say? In our day and age, it is a key to key into what God is saying so that we will align our lives to those messages. This And uh, this word came to me whilst I was in the UK. Uh, God had told me, prompted in my spirit to begin that. I began recording, but somewhere, somehow I stopped that. But this period, the Holy Spirit was reminding me again to bring that up. And so from October 2020, we would uh, begin that series. In answering this question, I went back to investigate the books the early Christians read because then there was no New Testament as we know it today. Actually, their life was already right in the New Testament for us. Jesus had come and that story of the New Testament uh, began. This is what I found out from Jude's Gospel, another historical backing. Here they are. The first one is it, the books that they, they were reading, uh, those periods, uh, the early Christians, where uh, the first century were the testaments of the 12 patriarchs. The second is the assumption of Moses. And the third is the book of Enoch. Jude quoted from these books in his letter to the early Christians. I have secured the three books and intend to study them beginning month of August through to September 2020 whilst on sabbatical and in and waiting in the place of prayer and fasting from time to time to gain clarity and receive from the Lord. I'll also be exploring the historical books like the Maccabees, the writings like Tobit, Judith, Baruch, Wisdom, and Sirach. The Book of Enoch, for instance, has the Ethiopian version, the Slavonic, and Hebrew. We secured all of them and we'll read all of them and compare them all. Up. Some of these books were dropped off when church leaders began to go south with their attitudes to facilitate the reading and the research of the New and the Old Testament Bible on English bishops at the beginning of the 13th century suggested dividing them into chapters. And in 1551, a French printer completed the work by numbering the phrases of the New Testament, which we call verses. A short time later, the same was done for the Old Testament as we have it today. 
within this two months period, we will share video content from the body of Christ, support the content we have shared in the last uh, 11 months and reinforce the learning through the last 11 months. This content will be shared on Sundays and Wednesdays as usual, but will not be teaching at this time until October 2020, God willing. We'll be expanding the scope of the distribution of the content we have created into uh, YouTube video format and paperback and ebooks and secure translations when necessary for distribution on Amazon, iTunes and others. As I said, this was written on Wednesday as at um, Saturday, the books are all out. Praise be to the Most High God. We pray, pray for us for divine enablement, strength and God's speed. Now, here's the book of Jude. Let's just read that and uh, after that we will uh, go into a very important uh, topic I would like to talk about to in closing this 11 series. Something we need to look at as Christians and also the need for us to reach out to the lost. But first and foremost, let me read uh, Jude's account. Jude, uh, Jude is just one chapter and here we go. It's a letter that Jude wrote, a brother of Jesus. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ the Messiah and brother of James, writes, this later to those who are called chosen dearly loved by god the father and separated set apart and kept for jesus christ may mercy soul peace and love be multiplied to you beloved my whole concern was to write to you in regard to our common salvation but i found it necessary and was impelled to write you and urgently appeal to and exhort you to contend for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints, the faith, which is that sum of Christ's belief, which was delivered verbally to the holy people of God. For certain men have crept in stealthily, gaining entrance secretly by a side door. Their doom was predicted long ago, ungodly, impious, profane persons, who pervert the grace, the spiritual blessing and favor of our God into lawlessness and wantonness and immorality, and disown and deny our soul master and Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Now I want to remind you, though you were fully informed once for all, that though the Lord at one time delivered the people out of the land of Egypt, he subsequently destroyed those of them who did not believe or who refused to adhere to, trust in and rely upon him. And angels who did not keep care for and guide and hold to their hold their own first place of power, but abandoned their proper dwelling place. These he has reserved in custody in eternal chains under the thick gloom of utter darkness unto the judgment and doom of the great day. The wicked are sentenced to suffer, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the adjacent towns which likewise give themselves over to impurity and indulge in unnatural vice and sensual perversity, are laid out in plain sight as an exhibition of perpetual punishment to one of everlasting fire. Nevertheless, in like manner, these dreamers also corrupt the body, scorn and reject authority and government, and revile and libel and scoff at heavenly glories, the glorious ones. But when even the archangels Michael, contending with the devil, judicially urged dispute about the body of Moses. He dared not presume to bring an abusive condemnation against him, but simply said, The Lord rebuke you.
But this men revile, scoff, and sneer at. Anything they do not happen to be acquainted with and do not understand. And whatever they do understand physically, that which they know by mere instinct, like irrational beasts, by these they corrupt themselves and are destroyed, perish. Woe to them, for they have run riotous, riotously into the way of Cain and have abandoned themselves for the sake of gain. It offers them following the arrows of Balaam and have perished in rebellion like that of Korah. These are hidden reefs, elements of danger in your love feast, where they boldly feast sumptuously, carousing together in your midst without scruples, providing for themselves alone. They are clouds without water, swept along by the winds, trees without fruits at the late autumn gathering time, twice doubly dead, lifeless and plucked up by the roots, wild waves of the sea flinging up the form of their own shame and disgrace, wandering stars, for whom the gloom of eternal darkness has been reserved forever. It was of these people, moreover, that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied when he said, Behold, the Lord comes with his myriad of holy ones, ten thousand of his sins, to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the impious unholy ones of all the ungodly deeds which they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the severe abusive jeering things which ungodly sinners have spoken against them these are inveterate murderers grumblers who complain of their lot in life going after their own desires controlled by their passions their talks is boastful and arrogant and they claim to admire men's persons mere persons and pay people flattering compliments to gain advantage. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions which were made by the apostles, the special messengers of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. They told it beforehand, in the last days, in the end time, there will be scoffers who seek to gratify their own unholy desires, following after their own ungodly passions. It is these who are agitators, setting up distinctions and causing divisions, merely sensual creatures, carnal, worldly-minded people, devoid of the Holy Spirit and destitute of any higher spiritual life. But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, playing in, praying in the Holy Spirit, guide and keep yourselves in the love of God, expect and patiently wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and Messiah, which will bring you unto life eternal and refute so as to convict some who dispute with you and on some have mercy who waver and doubt strive to save others i repeat that strive to save others snatching them out of the fire on others take pity but with fear loathing even the garments spotted by the flesh and polluted by their sensuality now unto him who is able to keep you without stumbling or slipping or falling and to present you unblemished, blameless and faultless before the presence of this glory of his glory in triumph, find joy and exaltation with unspeakable ecstatic delight to the one who only God our Savior, to Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, splendor, majesty, might and dominion and power and authority before all time and now and forever unto all the ages of eternity. Amen. So be it. So may the Lord bless the reading of this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, we introduce the books that, uh, that has been produced. The first has to do with the motivational and inspirational real-life stories equipping Christians for business 
and kingdom effectiveness in the marketplace. Uh, that's already there. The second, uh, on, on the various platform which you can secure, uh, the second is, uh, what is my motivation for writing this book and why would you want to read it? Um, so Jesus, during his uh, pilgrimage here on earth, spent healthy dose of his time. I'm talking of the motivational and inspirational real-life stories equipping Christians for the marketplace. So what's the motivation? Jesus, during his pilgrimage here on earth, spent healthy dose of his time with marketplace people. Then in the synagogue, his disciples were also selected from the marketplace. Jesus engaged the marketplace with stories, parables, illustrations to communicate kingdom truth to the market using everyday business concepts. We, his followers, spend more of our time in the marketplaces than in worship centers. We need to develop ways of reaching the lost in the marketplace. We also need to learn some fundamental principles that we can deploy into the market that is founded on the Holy Spirit. After more than 27 years operating actively in the marketplace myself, with constant ups and downs, booms and busts, losses and gain scenarios, there's no doubt that businesses require healthy dose of tips, tricks, motivational and inspirational stories at those crucial moments that can make a difference between winning and losing. Our goal is to help you make good success as the Holy Book says and provide consultancy counsel where and when needed through our writings, email engagements and other channels of communication as the need arises. You will learn how to communicate kingdom truths from that book in business and you can also find this content, content on Otakada which we have written over the 11 months. Okay, and uh, you will also receive the following motivational and inspirational quotes from great minds within the business world for excellent productivity to cover you for the week. Real life success stories from businessmen and businesswomen from the business world told by themselves to help you learn and stay at the top of your game. Stories from the holy books that depict excellent business principles and practices for your business and much, much more. Proving business productivity tools to help you su succeed in your online and offline business. 40 Messianic prophecies and their fulfillments and closing with sharing uh, the gospel. So, and also the second book, which is in eight part, is a practical school of the Holy Spirit, part one of eight all the way through. But the first part one talks about getting how to get baptized in the Holy Spirit activating your spiritual senses and be effective in the secret place with the Holy Spirit. It's first part of the eight-part series of the 41 trainings on the School of the Holy Spirit delivered over a period of 11 months. Why is What is my motivation for writing this book and why would you want to read it? As we engage the marketplace as ambassadors of Christ in 2 Corinthians 5.21, never before has there been a need to be led by the Spirit of God and it is now. As we race towards the end, activities in the realm of the Spirit continue to be heightened because the destiny of the human race hangs in the balance. Our ministry of reconciliation cannot be done on human wisdom, intellect, tactics, or strategy devoid of the power and the working of the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we should realize that we are spirit with a mind is in our bodies as continuous to execute. As Christians, our spirit has joined with the Spirit of God at conversion. To be motivated in body, we have to first be motivated in our spirit. The spirit then communicates to our spirit and this to our minds, and our minds instruct our body to take action based on the instructions sent to us by God's spirit in us. But for lack of understanding and knowledge of the working and ways of the Holy Spirit, some of us have either ignored or grieved the Holy Spirit. As a result, our sensitivity to him has died 
or he has chosen not to lead us any longer. This series on the School of the Holy Spirit, which we have completed and have converted into this book, and this is the first series, will help heighten our sensitivity and working with our best friend who is ready and willing to help us be all that God has called us to be and to do. At the end of this series, some of us will begin to dream dreams of more clarity and poise. We will be activated in the realm of visions again. We will begin to pick up promptings, voices, flows from the Holy Spirit and interpret them accurately what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, the churches, so that we can be effective in the mission field of life. We developed this 41 series of the uh, and further broke them this up into five easy-to-read chapters of eight books, which this one is our first in the series. We hope you'll like it, and we pray it will make you an effective kingdom disciple-maker, operating powerfully in the spirit realm in Jesus' name. Now, let me take us back to the introduction of uh, uh, the book. Uh, it's, it's a four-hour interview in hell. And if you uh, listen to the book of Jude I just read, it says we should strive to pull as many as possible out of hell. So this book, uh, we'll just do a, a, a preface, do a preface, I'll do uh, one chapter and then I'll provide a link where it can be picked up. Uh, this was published yesterday, I was in touch with the, with the, uh, with the publisher, uh, with, the, with the author. Uh, that is uh, Yemi Bankoli. It's a four-hour interviews in hell. Four hours interview. This is real life. These are not stories. This is real. And uh, following on um, the Jude Gospel that we just read, it says we should strive to pull as many people as possible uh, uh, out of hellfire. And now let me just do a preface of that uh, book. And I pray that you pay attention and take the necessary steps that will bring about redemption. Four-hour interviews, preface, four hours interviews in hell. Answers to those who doubt the Bible doctrine of hell and convinces others who argue against its existence. The book in agreement with scripture dismisses the misleading false doctrines of annihilation, complete destruction of man after death, purgatory, a place of temporary suffering for soul's purification before entry into heaven, eternal security, once saved, forever saved, and their likes. Highlighting the experience of people from different uh, backgrounds, four-hour interviews in hell confirms that hell is real, which secret should be exposed to all the living irrespective of their religious profession. Christians, Muslims, pagans, backsliders, clergy, and laity alike, especially because this is no there's no repentance in the grave. Most noble reader, here you are presented with a breathtaking account of no less than eight people who in hell express their severe suffering and head-shaking condition to one Mr. Bambosi. The victims clearly explained their reasons for missing heaven in their discussions and regretted bitterly for neglecting their days of opportunity. It is obviously important that you meditate on what you read here and pay a great deal of attention to your relationship with God. This will earn you a benefit of being able to judge whether your years so far on this planet Earth have been a time usefully spent before God or you have only succeeded in doing those things that 
may cause you a stony grief in hell, the place of everlasting torment. A brief look at the story shows that irrespective of background, status, exposure, influence, and land, land of nativity, all rejections of and rebellion against salvation and holy living, Hebrews chapter 12, 14, attract inexpressible punishment and the torment of eternity. Truth is the cry of all but the deed of few. As such, if you have known the Lord, you should not drop your conviction nor give room for any distraction in your heavenly pilgrimage just because of the majority who lower the scriptural standard or those around you who uh, only profess the truth but live below the same. If you belong to the group of heaven-bound believers who daily abide in their salvation experiences, vast obstacles which you must surmount will challenge your faith time after time, but with quenchable zeal, endeavor to pursue your holy calling to the pearly gate of heaven. Then with the same zeal, preach the hell-escaping salvation messages to us, others, for to a considerable extent, the modern world is at the present weary of prosperity sermons preached by some popular preachers which daily raid souls to heaven. Raid souls to heaven. I repeat that. Raid souls to heaven. We hear much of martyrs who sealed their testimony with blood of courageous missionaries who planted the standard of the cross among difficult nations. But we scarcely find among these generation pre uh, preachers those who passionately give the call of God to quit sin and be saved to sinners. Beloved, let us begin today to tell every man right from our family members that repentance is compulsory. Beloved, dare to be different. Put yourselves among those who distinguish themselves from ordinary nominal churchgoers. Experience genuine conversion by confessing your sins to God and forsaking them. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Pray further to God to make your heart holy as you sur surrender every area of your life for the use of God. You will later find it revealed in this text that to live a holy life does not translate to being a fanatic, but the glamour of running a Christian ministry with the joy of bearing a religious name or title is rather a hopeless identity without daily living above sin. In all, may the breath of the Holy God mix with the story in your hand that before this precious hour goes, you will experience a new life and conduct in Jesus and your name be written in the book of life. Amen. So I'll do the, uh, the chapter 1, a bit of chapter 1, and then chapter 6. And then you could pick up the book, the entire book, um, as you're led. Okay, chapter 1. One Saturday evening in July 1974, Darry Martins, a grade 2 certificate student of a teacher training college, was visited by his friend, Alan Bambusi, a young naval officer. From the book, The Look of Things, these two friends were no less than 30 years of age at that time. Alan Bambuse shared two different tribes. His father was Yoruba, who died during the Nigeria Civil War, and his mother, an Igbo, who was living in Lagos at the time. Darry Martins, on his own, was a typical Yoruba man. As usual, when two friends meet, events of the past are always recalled. That is why Darry and Alan talked about the past happenings in their country, Nigeria, after Dinner that evening, Kunle and Taiwo, who were Dari's roommates, were not left out as well. Each of them took time to share the most tragic occurrences he had witnessed in life or heard about. Dari's story was the horror of the Nigerian Civil War, which had happened a few years back. Taiwo spoke of one plane crash that claimed about seven lives instantly. 
frequently talked about a fairly uh, a fairly earth tremor uh, witnessed somewhere in the western world allen on his own clearly narrated his dream about hell which he had had some years back the story was as real when allen told it that night to others as when he had it this is the story here from his mouth friends life is full of experiences and what we call a story today was our yesterday's experience my story is about my four-hour experience beside the bank of hell i saw this tragic vision seven years ago and words would fail me to explain the fear that i had because of what i saw and the people i found with their most terrific confessions to many people in the pit of hell it is a cry of sorrow to some of regret while to others it is a tale of had I known, my conclusion at the end of the day is that God had revealed all this to me to serve as a timely warning to all those who will be privileged to read the account or listen to the narration to accept the only option of escaping eternal damnation, which is Jesus, the bright morning star. I was born into a Christian home and my parents attended cornerstone mission in the eastern part of nigeria when i was young my parents told me how to accept jesus as my savior and lord by confessing and forsaking my sins and i did right from the youth my ambition had been to pursue a profession that would make me a patriot to my fatherland that's why becoming a naval officer when i grew up was my goal but this ambition was nearly hindered from being fully realized because of the feeling i had that every military man has a death agreement to sign either on paper or in his conscious mind however as i grew up in in faith i understood that death should not hinder my ambition ambition again what also helped to convey my ambition to the top was the speech of my lecturer in the naval college who said in the day i drove a highly sophisticated naval warship for eighteen thousand five hundred 30 meters equivalent to 10 nautical miles that that there is still room for the high adventure of attempting the impossible what you need is aspiration without it seas would never have been crossed poles ascended instead of breathing the upper air on the wings of the wind man will still be creeping among the creatures that perish true aspiration mountains were surveyed islands discovered and valleys explored every researcher has a mark quantity of it in his camp nor was not the spectacle true which the past heroes viewed their services for their fatherland in the great many cases the untiring efforts of the allied nations the rich services of the atlas the going of divers into the bottom of the sea and the ascension of the astronauts into moon into the moon the search for knowledge by the scientists in the tropical forests of the land of Greenland are unique efforts of men on whom aspiration had prevailed. A man of aspiration is hardly satisfied with his present achievement. He works his hands to the bone. His philosophy is not quite equality with anybody, but blazing the trail of everybody. A man of aspiration sees beyond his minute, minute, minute environment. His passion for his course of choice is what no man can rob of. His motto is of Oliver goldsmith where determination is predominant failure uh, cannot dismantle the flag of success he says to those who praise themselves he says to those who praise themselves if what you did yesterday is yet begin big before you is yet big before you you haven't done anything new today be a man of vision be a model of selfless ambition and have aspiration for your discipline single yes 
yourself out of the multitude and strive to make a remarkable grade in your choice of uh, of uh, course of choice. By this, you can become somebody for your family, somebody for your nation, and successfully retain the divine service which you doggedly uh, labored for in the proper uh, perspective, leaving to a mark in the annals of history. Thanks to God, this same officer eventually turned to Jesus in my second year in the college after which, uh, after much persuasion. As this went by with tireless zeal, I encouraged many to become Christians. I preached to colleagues both within the camp, camp and on the field. This subject of hell do provoke controversy and a, and a rose argument, yet a good number of my listeners became Christians. Rather than allowing the bias of men to discourage me, I found out that it only made life absolutely unsatisfactory without speaking of Jesus to a fellow soldier any day. For the motivation that moved me to soul winning came from the exploit of prominent personalities in history as uh, documented by Alderton. But let me jump down um, to the beginning of the message. But one afternoon in 1967, I was sleeping in my room in the naval staff quarters when I was caught up to heaven. I found myself in a glorious body and was marching towards a glittering gate, becoming aware that the end had come. I wanted to increase my pace, cover a long distance across the blissful river some meters ahead of me and enter the city of heaven. But Quite unlike in our world, where the person who commissions the factory is entitled to make his choice of building, I found it pretty difficult to increase or decrease the speed limit on this golden path. From a far distance, I saw the gate of the city of heaven as it dazzled across a beautiful river that was gently flowing with a celestial scent and peaceful bliss. A glimpse at the gate of heaven validates the truth of the whole biblical account of heavenly Jerusalem as contained in the book of Revelation. If the gate of the city of Elun is such a blend of fairy opals, sapphires, costly stones of so great peace and sparkling diamonds, it is therefore certain that the architectural design of the city itself is most splendidly fantastic one, such as it is never in existence in the world. While I was drawing close to the awesome river, one tall beautiful angel, attired in a shining and whitest garments, appeared to me from nowhere, the sight of whom, no doubt, shook me to my very spine. Surprisingly, however, the angel spoke plainly in my dialect, and his voice was as deep as the rumbling of the thunder. He had two wings at his back, at his back, which painted a beautiful sight. I quickly pleaded with that he should help me in crossing the river. Don't be afraid, Alan. I've been sent because of you, he said. I became courageous on hearing this. I love the song I'm hearing afar with this solemn and peaceful atmosphere, I declared. That is the song of the heavenly angels and the redeemed of God who have completed their assignments in the world and are resting or till the morning of resurrection, he declared. Allow me to join them, please. I have not heard such a melodious song like this in the world, I pleaded. Alan, you can't join them now. You still have so much to do for God. You're going back. You haven't completed your assignment in the world, he declared. As I felt felt back, bad by the remark to go back to the world, I said, Come, he said, come and see why you must go and tell the world the message more passionately. As he held my hand, within a couple of seconds, we were on an, another road. This other road was in sharp contrast to the former one in that it was broad and many people who were 
there were moving fast without taking time to talk to anybody or greet any one another. Who are these? I asked. These are those who didn't have time for repentance in lifetime, he replied. But permit me to tell them about Jesus before it's too late, I pleaded. Alan, it's late already. No preaching is done in heaven or or there in hell. To everything there's time. If anybody fails to repent in the world, no matter how he pleads here, his time of opportunity is gone. People don't repent in heaven or hell, he disclosed. But many religious leaders maintain that his soul will escape judgment and most gloriously from the gate of heaven to the throne of God if he was renowned devotee of his religion. Some preachers even confirm that in no way should any mortal man expect freedom from sin, that it was not possible unless after death. Some scholars and theologians as well argued against the existence of hell, I said. You will understand better very soon. I will answer your questions when we reach the end of this road, he replied. So I would uh, jump that. Uh, there are various accounts from eight people, but the eight one uh, took my attention. So the eight one is in chapter six. So if you want to get the story in between, get the book. It's called uh, Four Hour Interviews in Hell by Yemi Bankole. Bankole is B-A-N-K-O-L-E. It's on, uh, we've already just published yesterday on uh, Amazon and also on Otakada site. So experience has definitely shown that some reasons for holding a belief are much more likely to be justified by even by event than others. It might naturally be supposed, for instance, that the best of all reasons for a belief is a strong conviction of certainty accompanying the belief. By crucial tests of experiment, the rich man in the book of St. Luke attests to the existence of hell. The book of Revelation of the Holy Bible has said more and its assertion being an, effect, uh, and its assertion being an effective enough means of catching the picture of hell. Friends, hell is real. Though some on hearing this may fought with burst, burst into violent fit of laughter. But the Bible and the whole man, human experience similar to mine have considerably built a consistently satisfactory foundation for this reality. Back to my interview. The place remain, remained as tensed as usual, as hopeless for the hell inmate as when I came in with the angel and no reduction whatever was noted in a number of those trotting inside it minute by minute. In that hopeless state, many abandoned themselves in frantic grief, wandering about in the terrible flame, wringing their heads and uttering groans and lamentations, while others called upon God for succor. Yet many others sat down in this silent and sullen despair as years kept elapsing upon their discarded pleas for mercy and tears that caused down their cheeks day by day. The environment was devoid of basic needs of life. The craving for food and water was unending. While in this peak of sorrow, I saw another man making the eighth person whose identity I will be silent about as much as possible. I'm talking about an overseer of a church and an acclaimed minister of God who contributed much to the early missionary activities in Nigeria and in other African countries. Before his death, he was the overseer of his church when the founder died in the early 50s. Up till today, whenever some of the church members speak with me, they still allude to his brave efforts in the gospel while on earth, whereas he is suffering bitterly in hell. 
What a terrible sin is this? How did it happen? The servant of God in the pit of hell? All these questions bothered my mind. This is not unconnected with the miracles and healing wrought by this man, which gave everybody a marked impression that he had gone to the bosom of the Father. But it's a pity. Gradually, as I saw him in the vision, he drew near the bank. Sir, what happened? I vehemently asked. Friend, from where do you know me? He asked. It seems so, seems so, sir. I think you were reverend so and so, I replied with heaviness of mind. Yes, you're right, he confirmed. I pity the tragic condition of this place upon all the struggling for preaching of those years, I continued. There, I never dreamt of coming to a place like here too. My waking, my waking door was heaven while on earth. But for a lesson learned too late, my hope became a mirage. Friend, this is what I happened. I preached for 32 years in the world. I preached the salvation by grace, hellfire as a reality, and the imminent coming of Christ called the rapture. Presently in heaven are a good number of those who heard these good teachings from me. But two years before death struck, I took part of the church money meant for church buildings to conduct a wedding ceremony for my granddaughter. And this being unknown to anybody, I let it go. At the end of the year, I wrote the financial report revealing that the whole amount contributed was spent for the project. After a sermon one Sunday evening, I took ill, which ended in my death. Before I got to the main gate, I was rejoicing that I had made it, not until I was diverted here. I doubted it until the book of the record was opened, which carried all my good Christian services. But underneath all the service it is written not to be remembered, because it took a holy thing. The angel in charge for that disclosed that the church money which I took was contributed out of sweat by the church members, and that faithfulness demands just and true account. He added that M, my report was not in conformity with the gospel standard of the steward, and that the act of betra- uh, the act betrayed my office as a minister, he explained. Oh, sir, did you plead for mercy, I asked. I did, but he replied, the angel replied that forgiveness is possible only in the world, but reward or judgment is determined. There, at the gate, he answered. In less than five minutes after his last utterance, the hell quaked, quaked terribly. The tide rose to a high crest. In anger, the fire unleashed its flame again, and with gnashing of teeth, this reverend fell backward and sank down. I shook my head and mourned for long. That was the last person I saw before I woke up in my room at five minutes to six o'clock. I trembled. I became greatly afraid without wasting time. I called for my friends around and narrated what I saw to them. Friend, this is the picture of eternal sorrow and the experience of people in the pit of hell. Those over there treaded this soft earth and mashed the wet mud of life uncertainties. Some had blissful life, others bleak world. Some before death came, came were winners of fortune. Some were pioneers. Many were moral icons. Some were very opinionated. Great number of people paid, paid the world farewell as drunks, cheats, rich prostitutes, simple-minded liars, divorcees and polygamies. Others slept with their philosophy of no time for repentance now, only to discover they had enough time to ask for water in hell. They paid the mother earth 
their debt and a loved ones did pay them their last respect. Dear listeners, considering the ages of the people in the hell in hell, it's surprisingly surprising that teenagers are there, leaving their parents behind. Orphans too are not exempted, joining their late parents. Spinsters and bachelors without spouses, without issues, also went to the record region of the dead. Admitted also were married people with fleet of children. When I when I saw all this, I forgot my past achievements and my heart melted in compassion. When I remember that great day when we all shall stand before the judge of mankind, I trembled. Before we slept tonight, Dari and friends, Kunle and Martins, I want you all to turn to Jesus Christ by confessing your sins and turning away from them. Death is inevitable. God up till now is still in the exercise of writing the names of repentant sinners in the book of life. Disallow all delay. That is my story. Let's pray before going to bed. It's half past 11 already. Dear reader, that was Alan Bambusi narrating his four-hour experience beside Hellfire. The audience of Mr. Bambusi on hearing so tragic a story went on their knees with a humble spirit, confessed to God everything they considered might hinder them from seeing him. They accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior that night. The big question before us is, who will be the next to experience the suffering to unbearable and, and the punishment so severe in hell? After reading all this, I plead with you, dear reader, to accept Jesus Christ this day and this hour. Jesus has everlasting life to offer your soul now. But sin and Satan have everlasting shame and the torment of eternity to offer all unsaved souls. Choose life everlasting. Do not be late. The offer is yours now. Tomorrow is not certain. Remember, this, these are steps you must take to be saved. Admit. Number one, there are four steps here. You admit. Ad- admit that you are a sinner. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Number two, repent. Now, Acts 3.19 Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be plotted out. 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 3. Believe that God loves you and that the that Jesus died for you. Romans 5.8 But God commended his love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And number 4. Invite Jesus into your life through the prayer of faith. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will soup with him and he with me. I I, I repeat number four, invite. So A is to admit. Number two, one is to admit. Number two is to repent. Number three is to believe. Number four is to invite Jesus into your life through the prayer of faith. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will soup with him and he with me. This invitation is to anyone, 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 anywhere on the face of the earth. What must I do after salvation? That's the question. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So put on the whole armor of God that 
ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against racial wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins get about with truth, and having on the breastplates of righteousness, and your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of hate, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and washing thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 10 and 18. And I close with prayer. So you could pick up this book. It's called Four Hour Interviews in Hell and uh, by Yemi Bankole and also including this new song No More Broken by uh, NK. There will be a link there uh, for you to take a listen. And also there's going to be the lyrics there as well as we send out this message. So I pray. Father, thank you for the privilege to serve and to present this content as you have instructed us in the last 11 months and beyond. We pray, Lord God, that you will water this seed so that it can touch lives that brings lasting transformation in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We pray and desire that by the power of the Holy Spirit, people will be drawn to you through these contents, to the glory of your name, and the blessings will be ours in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, experience all round success this week and beyond as you are led by your closest friend, the Holy Spirit. Remember, we're one in Christ Jesus. Only unity we can have lasting and far-reaching impact. So engage in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6, Amplified Bible, Classic Edition, and it reads, There is one body and one spirit, just as there is also one hope that belongs to the calling you received. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of us all, who is above all, sovereign over all, pervading all, and living in us all. for encounters for the body of Christ. I ask that the people will encounter you, that your children will encounter you anew, that they will come to you, the author and finisher of our faith. I ask that this content will transform 
to the image and likeness of your son. Me first and the people that are listening to me even right now. Shalom. Monday, Ogwojo Ogwe. E-discipleship at otakada.org. My number, plus one, three, zero, two, two, six, eight, six, three, one, three. Nigeria, plus two, three, four, eight, zero, three, two, eight, three, five, three, four, eight. Info at If you need any counseling, I'm available. Thank you. God bless you.